Tonight, voters got their first and possibly only chance to see Senator Mitch McConnell and challenger Amy McGrath go head to head. The two faced off in a debate in Lexington aired here on Wave 3. Well, one of the first subjects the two tackled was the response to COVID-19. He is trying to um, highlight his experience and his clout. And she is trying to say, hey, it's not working for us. You've been there too long. It's time for some new blood. From the digital journalists of WDRP.com, this is Uncovered, a behind-the-scenes look at stories affecting education, business, criminal justice, and more in Louisville, Kentucky. And now for the show. This is Chris Otts of WDRB.com, and I've got our political reporter, Lawrence Smith, with me to talk about the marquee race of the election in Kentucky, U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell versus Democrat Amy McGrath. Lawrence, thanks very much for joining us once again on the podcast. Always glad to do it. So we're in the home stretch, and in fact, many in Kentucky, thousands in Kentucky, are already voting, either by absentee or early voting. So as we enter the final couple of weeks, What's been the strategy of each of these candidates? Well, first, first, both are spending heavily on television. I'm Amy McGrath, and we all know how messed up health care is in our country. Mitch McConnell wasted a decade trying to kill the Affordable Care Act. You can't sit down and watch a channel anywhere, locally or on national cable, and not see an ad from either McGrath or McConnell. On abortion. Extreme Amy McGrath sounds extremely familiar. The unborn. Uh, so they're both spending person, heavily. Uh, and in fact, in the last quarter, McGrath actually outraised McConnell, which is unusual. And she's spending that on television. So she's got to get her message out. That's what she's been really, really trying to do. And she's also, I noticed, trying to spend a little bit more time in Louisville. Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate in Kentucky, Amy McGrath, continuing her statewide tour in Louisville today as Election Day inches closer. McGrath stopped by the Salvation Army on North 28th to encourage people to sign up to vote. She says she's focusing on It is really important for her, uh, if she's going to have any chance at upsetting McConnell, it's important for her to win Louisville big. She says she's focusing on people who are historically disenfranchised, including black and Hispanic voters. McGrath wants to get more PPE to frontline workers. To come out of Louisville with very big margins to offset what McConnell will likely have in the more uh, rural and suburban areas. So she's been spending heavily on ads in the Louisville market and also uh, more actively campaigning in person in Louisville. McConnell visited Bullock County EMS in Shepherdsville to thank first responders and tout his federal CARES Act. McConnell's been going across the state uh, touting primarily uh, the impact of the CARES Act, which he helped author and get passed through the, uh, the Senate. Talking about the money that has been spent in Kentucky. Around $3 billion in coronavirus relief have gone to Kentucky governments and health care providers. And touting the fact that 
Kentucky benefits from his leadership. That has been his big campaign message, that uh, he represents, uh, he's the only one on the leadership team in the House and Senate, not from the East Coast, that he represents the Midwest, and that Kentucky has a seat at the table that it would not have if not for Mitch McConnell. That's his big message to the voters of Kentucky. I've noticed McConnell's found all sorts of little details about the money from the CARES Act. Bullitt County EMS says it's used some of the money to upgrade and buy new equipment, including several stretchers and a new training mannequin. And he's been at every firehouse or county shelter or all these places around the state touting this or that lately. Yeah, he has. Uh, He has been taking various aspects of the CARES Act from its impact on hospitals. McConnell says the CARES Act sent $12 billion to Kentucky, including $9 million to help Shelbyville Hospital uh, on police departments. No matter what aspect of life that could potentially impact or possibly impact Kentuckians, he's been talking about the benefit of the CARES Act. Of course, McGrath has been going after him uh, for not brokering a second CARES Act, a second COVID relief package. She's been really attacking him on that front. Why is there not a new package since this virus continues to surge and people are still in need? Voters got their first and possibly only chance to see Senator Mitch McConnell and challenger Amy McGrath go head to head. The two faced off in a debate in Lexington. Let's talk about the debate last week between McConnell and McGrath, likely the only time that they will be on stage together during this campaign. The audio clips we're about to hear are courtesy of Wave TV. Lawrence, you are our political expert uh, at the station, but I don't think it takes expertise to realize that McConnell, who is normally extremely prepared, well-versed, has done his homework, he looked a little bit off of his game during this debate. At least that was my impression. What are your thoughts? I wouldn't disagree with that necessarily. He is normally very prepared uh, for these types of things. And not that he wasn't prepared. I think he was he was prepared, but uh, he just seemed... Um, time. Senator McConnell, nothing extra? No, why don't we go on to the next topic? Uh, all right, uh, we will do that. Like he wanted it to be over with, almost. Um, it wasn't, and I'm not alone in this. I, I've been reading other analysts who say the same thing, that McGrath was was quite aggressive. It may have been her best performance. And McConnell was a little bit off his game, but he did get his message, his main message across, uh, the one he's been pitching the entire time. In fact, one he repeated throughout the interview is that, again, you want me in place because I'm the one who's going to uh, bring the bacon home to Kentucky. The first vote she'll cast in the Senate is to make Chuck Schumer from New York the majority leader, transferring the influence and power that Kentucky has now, because I'm one of the four leaders not from New York or California, to New York, further degrading Kentucky's influence in Washington, making it less likely Kentucky gets preferential treatment 
like it frequently does as a result of my being in the position I'm in. Okay. That's what voting for her we, means. We, we, Give you a seat at the table while McGrath is saying the problem is that you're not using your power in, uh, in a way that benefits okay. all Kentuckians. Senator McConnell likes to talk about his clout and power. Meanwhile, a co-pays are up. The price of prescription medication has gone up. The price of insurance has gone up. The price of housing has gone up. Our, our people with pre-existing conditions are, are about ready to, to be thrown off their health care right now. The message that has been uh, spread throughout the campaign was very evident during the debate, uh, except in this particular case, it seemed like McGrath made her case a little more forcefully. Senator McConnell's clout is literally killing us in Kentucky. Senator McConnell, additional response? Yeah, I mean, I use my clout to help our state. Let's take coal, for example. Barack Obama destroyed... I view it like this, Lawrence, and I, I would love to get your reaction, but it seems that what McGrath did so well in this debate was to lay at the feet of McConnell alone all the problems of extreme partisanship in the Senate. She talked about... So many different bills sitting on his desk awaiting action Senator on McConnell's popular not interested in that. items. You know, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act sitting on his desk, as is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act sitting on his desk, Violence Against Women Act sitting on his desk. I could go on and on. Can we move on? There is $1.2 billion for Kentucky schools sitting on his desk right now. It's been sitting there for six months. All right. All the problems of Kentucky and using his 36-year tenure against him to say, well, we still have a third-world uh, drinking water drinking system in Martin County. We still have very high cancer rates, uh, student debt, the cost of health care, even the decline of the coal industry, which McConnell had weaponized in previous races in the Obama era, she laid at his feet. And McConnell's response, he chuckled a lot, and it seemed as though he was saying that you're too naive to realize that all of these things are not my fault directly. I've got Nancy Pelosi on the other side. Yeah, I would say that his main defense was to try to turn it back on the Democrats saying, uh, I can't do this alone. The Democrats will not cooperate with me. He went back to his efforts to create a second COVID relief bill, uh, saying he can't get Democrats to uh, to cooperate with I'm him. I'm interested in getting an outcome, as we've tried and tried and tried. As I just said a few minutes ago, I put a bill on the floor of a half a trillion dollars, a lot of money, about a month ago, to tackle this problem in a highly targeted way, going after vaccines, treatment, testing, and we couldn't get a single Democrat to vote for it. I think they don't want a solution. He wants a more focused, targeted bill that's less expensive, about a half trillion dollars, while Democrats are insisting on a two to three trillion dollar bill. And so, again, he turns it around to try to blame Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, while McGrath is saying, no, it's your fault. You're the majority leader. You should be able to shepherd these things through. So... He is trying to um, highlight his experience and his clout. And she is trying to say, hey, it's not working for us. You've been there too long. It's time for some new blood. 
I think McConnell did have one very memorable line from the debate where he said, I think her I think entire her entire campaign, campaign is she's a Marine, she's a mom, and I've been there too long. <laughs> what we need to see are specifically what she has in mind. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that was probably his his best line, one of the best lines of the night. And she is, in fact, very, very much playing up the fact that she is a retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel fighter pilot. In fact, you may have heard uh, the moderator, Bill Bryant, whenever he referred to her, referred to as Lieutenant Colonel McGrath. That's probably what her campaign wanted to counter his reference to Senator McConnell, that authority there. So, yes, she's very much playing up the fact that she has a military history. She made history as a female fighter pilot, hoping that will elevate her status um, among particularly uh, veterans and rural voters. Lawrence, do you see any differences between this race and the 2014 campaign, the last time McConnell was on the ballot? Because his challenger then, uh, Allison Lundergan Grimes, it seems as though McConnell is now running the exact same playbook that he ran against her. In other words, she's too liberal for Kentucky. Don't trade in all our clout that I've earned over the years. Uh, and she's associated with these national Democrats uh, with whom Kentuckians do not identify. Uh, it's essentially the same playbook. The The big difference is the person in the White House. The last time he ran, President Obama was in the White House and he could run against him and put, putting um, his opponent in the same category as the same camp as the president, who was very unpopular in Kentucky. Now... Suburban women, will you please like me? Remember? Please. Please. I saved your damn neighborhood, okay? He has Donald Trump, who was very popular in Kentucky, but quite controversial elsewhere. So the big difference is, uh, I think, who's in the White House and his efforts to remain attached to Donald Trump, but at the same time, not too close to keep away from some of the perhaps more controversial things that he said. So he's got to try to tread that line while trying to keep McGrath in the liberal Nancy Pelosi Democrat camp. So it's essentially the same play, playbook. You know, if it, if it works once, why change it? So that is how he's going to portray uh, McGrath, has been trying to portray McGrath as a Democrat, too liberal for Kentucky, always saying, uh, well, her first vote will be for Chuck Schumer for majority leader. So uh, that takes power away from Kentucky and puts it in New York. Well, even with a strong debate performance, it is fair to say that McGrath remains the heavy underdog in this race. The best quality poll in September showed McConnell up 12 points. And 538, the data journalism site, has McConnell with a 96 out of 100 chance of winning the race. Yet McGrath has done extraordinarily well raising money. She's raised $84 million for the race, and in the most recent three months, she raised $37 million, uh, more than twice as much as McConnell, 
who, of course, is more associated as an advocate for money in politics than pretty much any other politician. So, Lawrence, I'm curious, what do you make of all that? I'm looking at the same poll, the Quinnipiac poll has McConnell up by 12. Yeah, and I guess if, if there was one point to be made, it would be this, is that, you know, despite her strong performance in the debate, is it enough to change any votes? That's the question uh, that uh, is left behind after that debate. Here's what I think. I think that a couple of things. One, Democrats across the country are so energized about wanting to beat Donald Trump, one, and two, Mitch McConnell is so tied to Donald Trump's agenda that they are pumping money into McGrath's campaign uh, to try to unseat him as, according to the polls, as unlikely as that may be. I think Democrats are really energized across the country. You're seeing fundraising numbers across the country that favor Democrats. So I think this is an anti-Trump vote and they're going after any Republican who appears to be tied to Trump, they want to spend whatever they can to try to get rid of him. So I think that's what we're seeing here as well. And the antipathy towards Mitch McConnell uh, nationally uh, uh, from around the country on the part of Democrats obviously has a lot to do with something that's unfolding right now in Washington, which is the filling of a Supreme Court vacancy. Uh, Lawrence, did it surprise you at all that McConnell plowed ahead uh, with the um, nomination or the consideration, rather, of Amy Coney Barrett to fill that open seat right before the election, uh, A certainly a different uh, stance than he took uh, four years ago when Barack Obama, President Obama, attempted to make a Supreme Court appointment that McConnell's Senate refused to consider. Did that surprise you? And what role do you think it's playing in the race here in Kentucky? No, I was not surprised at all by this. Um, For one thing, um, McConnell has made the placement of uh, conservative judges in federal judgeships a linchpin of his time as Senate Majority Leader. That is one thing he's been touting for years now, the past uh, three and a half years under President Trump, is his ability to put conservatives on the court. So I'm not surprised at this point when there's a chance to really flip the makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court that he will push ahead with uh, getting this uh, justice confirmed. Also, whenever you ask him about this, he will tell you that what he said four years ago is he will not push a, a candidate forward when there's a, a contest between a Democratic president and a Republican Senate. Uh, that was the difference. That was the, the fine hair that he split and decided to go ahead and do this. In this case, he has both a Republican Senate, Republican president. So he said it's different than it was four years ago. We're going to plow ahead with this. And yesterday he told me he has the votes to confirm Amy Coney Barrett on October 23rd is when he said the we would bring it to the floor. And he said they would stay there as long as it takes. But he believes he has the votes to confirm her. Well, I think many liberals would see the whole president's party and who controls the Senate as a distinction without a difference. But I suppose we won't get into uh, into debating 
that point. And it does certainly seem as though uh, the Supreme Court nomination is moving forward. And, and again, yes, and it, it has further gen- further energized as if they needed more energy, uh, Democrats uh, in this race, uh, in, in his race, and also uh, Republican races across the country, including the presidential race. So we'll see how this plays out. Polls indicate that uh, more and more people are approving of, of uh, Judge Barrett, but you can bet the Democratic base w- will use this as another motivation to try to, to take control of the White House and the U.S. Senate. The main way Democrats have been attacking the nomination of Coney Barrett is actually not on abortion, but the Affordable Care Act. And McConnell said something about that at that debate that didn't get a lot of coverage, but I thought was very revelatory. Senator McConnell. Yeah, no, no one believes the Supreme Court is going to strike down the Affordable Care Act. Uh, what, what this is really about is trying to change the subject away from this extraordinary nominee. He seems to reassure the voters out there in Kentucky that no one's going to take away Obamacare when, in fact, Republicans ran for 10 years on the idea of repealing Obamacare and replacing it. And McConnell led that effort, although it was unsuccessful, in the Senate. The politics of that issue seem to have evolved. There's no doubt about that, Chris. It has changed considering, you know, six years ago when he was campaigning for re-election, uh, he said that he planned to get rid of Obamacare root and branch. The politics have certainly changed now. I think he understands that there are aspects of it, particularly the pre-existing conditions part of Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, that people really like. So you're right in your assessment. The politics of the ACA have certainly changed. Lawrence, I know you uh, have dealt with McConnell for a long time, and you get a lot of opportunities to speak with him. I'm curious if you have any insight as to how much he is worried about being the minority leader in the Senate following this election. And at 78... (laughs) At 78, is that something that appeals to him? Or do you think if Dem- if uh, Democrats take the Senate back, is that the cue for Mc- McConnell to relinquish his leadership role? Oh, I don't think so at all. In fact, he was asked about this yesterday. We were there when he cast his own ballot, presumably for himself, at the Kentucky Expo Center, that voting uh, center there. And he was asked, you know, are you concerned about becoming the minority leader. And he said, well, I've been minority leader and majority leader. I've been both. Uh, I will continue to be the leader of Republicans, but it's much more fun being the majority leader. From that answer, you indicate there's an indication that uh, regardless, he'll still lead the Republicans. He hopes it's as majority leader, but he's ready to uh, continue um, as minority leader if necessary. But that's not something he's looking forward to, apparently. Well, Lawrence, let me close on this. Uh, People may be looking at that poll that you cited and looking at the various models showing that 
uh, McConnell is pretty much a shoe-in for re-election in a very red state like Kentucky. But of course, we saw Kentucky elect a Democrat governor in 2019 in the last uh, uh, general election cycle. Uh, Does the Andy Bashir matt Bevan race portend anything about Amy McGrath's chances in this upcoming election? I don't think so. Um, First, I hate to call any race a shoe-in because anything can happen on Election Day. So although the polls indicate, yes, that McConnell has a has a pretty strong lead right now, uh, I would not um, I wouldn't say there's any comparison at all to what happened in the last governor's race and this race. For one thing, uh, the unpopularity of Matt Bevan um, and his his um, uh, dislike among teachers in particular uh, fueled that race. Also. Matt Bevan did not have President Trump at the top of the ticket. Mitch McConnell has President Trump leading this ticket. He's still very popular in uh, in most of Kentucky, not the urban areas, but in most of Kentucky. So he'll, he'll have that uh, wind at his back from President Trump. So I don't think you can compare those two races. Um, McConnell is a master politician. Uh, he knows what to say, when to say it, um, knows how to target his advertising, and knows, as you said, he's been painting uh, Amy McGrath as too liberal for Kentucky. That's his playbook. And I think with the President Trump as the wind at his sails, that's his big advantage. And that it makes it a big difference from what happened, what, what might happen this year and what happened last year in the governor's race. You mentioned the influence of Trump at the top of the ticket. Just to bring some data into it for our listeners, uh, Trump won Kentucky by 30 points last time around. And according to the 538 average, he is up by nearly 18 points as of uh, October 16th in the polling average. Be interesting to see if he gets the same margin in Kentucky, but certainly uh, everyone would agree that that's a comfortable lead. Yeah, it is not as big as it was, obviously, when he won Kentucky uh, four years ago. It's also going to be interesting to see what the impact might be of of COVID as far as the way people vote. Uh, you have early voting going on. Uh, you have some some mail-in voting going on. It's going to be, I don't think it'll have a big impact on, on the final result, but it'll be interesting to see kind of what the trends are and how long it takes to get some results from from the more rural parts of the county as opposed to Louisville and Lexington and whether that gives McGrath, you know, any any hope uh, on election night. But again, as as you pointed out, um, the president is still strong in the state. Um, McConnell is favored to win this race. Um, But if if McGrath has any hope, it's got to come out of a huge, strong showing out of Louisville and Lexington. And that's the one comparison you can make maybe to the, the governor's race last year is um, is that uh, Governor Bashir rolled up big margins in the urban areas. And that, I think, is McGrath's only hope, maybe cutting into some of northern Kentucky and a little bit into eastern Kentucky. But uh, she has to hope for big margins coming out of Louisville and Lexington. Lawrence, final word. What else will you be looking for uh 
on election night or other uh, aspects of the McConnell-McGrath race that we maybe haven't talked about? Well, beyond the McGrath-McConnell race, um, I think I'll be looking at the, the state House races. Will Democrats make any gains in the state House? Uh, will there be any more evidence of, of trouble or weakness in some of the suburban areas of Louisville, for example? There are a couple of, of very tight races, don't have polls, but appear to be very tight races uh, involving some incumbent Republicans. So will... Are you talking about Jason Nemes, for example? He, I think that's Yeah, he's one, one that, of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's one of them that um, uh, we'll be looking at to see if there's any signs of any weakness among Republicans in the suburban areas. It's not expected that Democrats will take control of the House, but will they make any inroads in that Republican supermajority in the House? That's the besides the McConnell-McGrath race. That's what I'll be watching closely to see what happens in the, the state House races. Lawrence, thank you as always for your perspective on the various political topics. It's, uh, it's great to talk and really appreciate you taking time for us. No problem. Anytime. Enjoyed it. The Uncovered Podcast is a production of WDRB Media. Please subscribe, review, and rate wherever you get your podcasts.